Hey friends, welcome to Life Together Unscripted. This podcast is for those of us who are just a bit tired of everything that looks so polished and schmick in the world. Production that's squeaky clean that you know has been practiced a million times. So we are hopeful that you enjoy the unedited and unscripted nature of this show. We can promise you that this episode you're listening to today uh, was unplanned on the front end and unedited and untouched on the back end. So we hope you enjoy this episode. This is Life Together Unscripted. Yes, here they come. Look at Mentley with that silver fox beard. (laughs) Oh boy, so good to see you, Ben. Canada, there he is. Dudes. Hi, say something. Uh, Yo. Oh, yeah, right. There he is. <laughs> <Dear> ben! <laughs> we are figuring right, this out. This is excellent. Look at, I love, I love Mark looking like the old guy. He's all up close to the screen. Is this thing on? I was just looking at the screen. <laughs> lighting. Love your voice. That's my lighting. So good. Yeah. Hey. How do I get that lighting? Trying to get this is terrible lighting. That's okay. It's good. Right yeah, me too. My Mom, goodness. you look comfy. I am comfy. This is glorified pajamas. These little things, whatever they're trending in uh, Australia. So I get to basically wear pajamas out in public. It looks like you're just your beard went all over your body. <laughs> just like I wish, buddy. I wish I don't have any on top. Unlike you, we've got a couple of gentlemen that are gray. A couple of us that are bearded, um, mm-hmm. which is lovely. Guys, this is, um, let me let me do a quick little intro. Thank you so much for joining. This is episode number 30, the throwdown episode, uh, joined by Matt Mentley, Keith Barney, Tommy Love, Mark Jackson, and Bendy. So, so flipping excited to see you guys, to have each other in one virtual room uh, for the next hour or so. And um, look, why don't we kick in with um, what the heck you guys been doing for the last two decades? Maybe, maybe give a quick update on what your day job is and um, if you've done any music projects. So um, I'm going to, I'll start and then I'll nominate someone and then we'll bounce from there. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. I just, uh, just a bunch of nods. we got some serious professionals over here. All right. Good. We've got some gentlemen. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> Stop, nod. Look, um, I live in Australia, which is weird. So I'm a country away from you guys. Um, I work for a church as a creative director now. So doing a lot of like videos and graphic design and a lot of that. And um, I tried to do a project about two years ago now called New Noise and um, was basically just trying to figure out what would come out of my writing uh, at the age of 40. So kind of just did it, made an endeavor, wanted to mix and master it and and play around with that. So that was a little creative project that I had in the background. Um, And yeah, that's me. I'm married, I got one kid one dog, a uh, little pupper, and um, I reckon that's my that's my update. So Matt Mentley, I'm going to nominate you next, Mr. Silver Fox. What have you been up to? Um, well, re- most recently I moved to Washington State um, last August, and we are in the process of building a house, so that's really exciting. Um, got a five-year-old son, and uh, just working from home since all this craziness started in the world last year. Um, I work for the same company I have for 14 years now. It's an aftermarket motorcycle accessory company, and uh, I am in charge of marketing, video, website, all that stuff that encompasses under all that. 
umbrella, I guess. A lot of stuff. So yeah, I love it. That's and what I'm doing. You know, been doing something. The last music I did. Yeah. Well, with Marky, I was for a minute. Um, did a little bit of the eulogy, which he's still doing. Um, that's the last thing I did. And um, that's it. I mean, other than that, I haven't been doing much music. <laughs> so nice. What did, what were you doing yeah. in the band? What were you, you playing, playing guitar? guitar? Yeah, yep. Do you do any writing? And, not really. I mean, it was with Matt Henderson. So, you know, um, I was pretty intimidated anyway, just to play w- alongside him. So <laughs> I was just like stoked to do it for fun. And it was a good time, you know, but I kind of stopped doing it in anticipation of moving up here anyway, knowing that I wouldn't really be able to keep doing it, you know? So. Yeah. Love that. Hey, um, dudes, and just for like general, I guess, guidance, uh, I suppose I'm hosting for all intents and purposes, but if you guys have questions for each other, let's just make it a conversation. So, um, yeah. Mental, why don't you pass to someone on the, on the thread? Well, I'm going to go to heavy K then right down, go right on down the diagonal list on my gallery here. What up? Um, (laughs) It's claiming my uh, my internet's unstable, so I don't know a South County issue or something. Um, but uh, the wife and kids are downstairs. Let's see if that helps. Can you guys oh, hear me? Great. Here we go. Uh, okay. Classic robot guy. Thanks yep. a lot, Keith. This is where he breaks out because he's uh, you know a little spotty, but really a good way, good out, Keith. <laughs> Dom's all the way over there in Australia. There's no spottiness. Come on. Yeah, we barely have internet, man. Come yeah. on. What's your excuse? Wait, hang on. Dom, can you give us a side angle of that beard? I think so. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I'm still, look, I'm still half Japanese, man. It's just, it yeah, it's kind of like front. one of those the screens in a Japanese kitchen that you can see through, kind of. <laughs> you know? it's, uh, it's nice. Yeah. The Steve Aoki, like. Kind of looks full, but kind of totally doesn't at, a, at another hey, angle. Keith, 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 are you back? Yeah. All right. I like and your my hair. skateboard shirt. Am I good? Yeah, you're Thanks. good now. The thing is, you look right. beautiful, Keith. Uh, yeah. You just so. sound awful. That's hair looks great. How much yeah. did that studio lighting cost in your bedroom? He's frozen stuff. <laughs> good. We're off to a good start. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to sign off and come back. All right. Hey, Tommy, why don't you pick up his slack? All right. Uh, hang on. Okay. So, um, right. What was the question? The, what have I been up to? What, you, what have you been up to for the last 20 years? Like, we yeah, haven't seen each years. other forever, you yeah. know. So, so have I you done my, anything, or you just been waiting for this episode? Well, I gave my fingers a break for the last 15 years. I haven't played guitar until COVID and um, they're starting to work again. So, uh, you know, now that I'm in my forties, I feel like this is probably my best potential for songwriting, right? Uh, So you guys are gonna see a lot of me on um, SoundCloud. Um, I'm gonna be the uh, Takashi 69 of uh, hardcore music. So get ready for some, Face tattoos will probably happen next year. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I'm in a good place with with my music career starting now. Good. Start, we're going to start now. Yeah, Awesome. We're hey, uh, look, I know what's going on in the background, but plug away on the old coffee bit, if you don't mind. I'd love to kind of know what you've been up to. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, um, 
have a couple kids, um, four-year-old next weekend and five and a half-year-old. And then um, working on a coffee venture that is uh, 100% plant-based coffee, roastery, and bakery up in the Bay Area. Uh, have a couple locations, been around for eight years, and um, just kind of helping with business development, hopefully growing this thing into something meaningful. Uh, it's a great project to be a part of, uh, timely, because I never drank coffee until I had my kids. And I've been geeking on that. And then, um, you know, recently in the last few years went plant-based as well. Um, I've altered my diet through the last eight years, but I've gotten to a place where that's, you know, the combination of the coffee and the the diet thing have come full circle into a business venture that I'm stoked to be part of. So, um, yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. And then honestly, I, I did start playing music a lot during COVID and um, bought some new equipment and kind of got revitalized and was finding it fun to write songs for the first time in a long time. So, um, it, 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 you know, I know this was like a really challenging time for everyone, uh, myself included, but I found a lot of beauty in it because I was forced to take a step back. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. So good, man. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, and I know you're kind of working <laughs> on the venture with um, someone. I hope I don't out him. But um, what all the kids want to know, is it Dave or is it Davey? How, how do you say that as a 42-year-old? Davey K or Davey Peters or who, who are we talking about? Sure. I thought, I thought Dave was working with you. NorCal used to sing for a band. That guy. Oh, oh, Davey Havoc. <laughs> there you go. Oh, so uh, my dear friend Davey Havoc is uh, a backer of the Timeless Coffee Roasters, as am I. Um, you know, we have a great friend named RJ who is a very talented coffee roaster, and um, we kind of stepped in to help him open up his first shop and uh yeah Davey and I both have just kind of watched it from the sidelines up until you know the last couple of years I started becoming more active and then as of this year I'm like a full-time uh employee of the company and ho hopefully building it but yeah uh Davey mm -hmm. does not uh physically work he does he refuses to actually work but he is a talented singer and uh, artist in general, yeah. <laughs> Good, I'm glad, okay, so we can call him Davey. All right, well, why don't we move over to the guy in red? Mr. Ben, what have you been up to, brother? Working out. Uh, <laughs> just lifting healthy. everything you can. Yeah, just looking great. Just looking I great, aged, I haven't aged in 25 years. Chiseled <laughs> <laughs> death. Give take. <laughs> keep it going, guys. Yeah. Keep it going. What else, what else you got? <laughs> I mean, you got a basketball hoop in the background. Are you a basketball star now? What? What's up? I am. I am using my height for for the purposes <laughs> of slamming slamming basketballs into the hoops. Um, Any what well, area of Canada are you in? Burnt orange. What 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 area of Canada are you in for starting? Yeah, I'm in I'm in Toronto now. Yeah, so I moved to Toronto in 2008 post throwdown. Um, busted over here and it's a really noisy in my neighborhood. So if, hopefully it's not interrupting this share. Uh, and, uh, yeah, man. So I've been here since, um, 2008, uh, for the, you know, it was the purpose of coming here was like to be with, um, my now ex-wife, the mother of my, my two children, uh, Jack and Leo six and seven. So we went through a pretty gnarly divorce about three years ago, still going through it, but 
um, in good spirits. My heart's, you know, my heart's very open and uh, still full of love. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. Uh, I'm not even sure where to go with that music. We'll go to music. Music's fun. Let's talk about music. Divorce is also fun, but we'll talk about music. Um, <laughs> Divorce is so dark. No one, don't do it. It's horrible. Um, I, I just did it. I just did it, Ben. You just did it. Um, yeah, I'm alive. Yeah, I'm all You're good. Alive. Yeah. So we can so talk real. after this. Okay, sweet. I would love that. Yeah. Love that, and my heart goes out to you for that because it's uh, a brutal thing. So. Quit Throwdown, 2008, um, in a really shitty way. Sorry, everyone. And then, um, and then, and then I had to. I just had to go to that place. Moved to Toronto, uh, and then a bunch of bands hit me up to play uh, with them. I said no to all of them except for my favorite band, uh, which was Madball. And then Madball hit me up to play with them. Every single one of them called me because they're awesome. And then I said yes. And then a year later. Uh, when it came to um, writing a record with them, I had to quit because I had to take care of my mental health and I was suffering immensely. So I quit playing with my, uh, my you know, favorite band of when I was like 15 years old, um, beautiful human beings. And just like, you know, was uh, with Throwdown, I was just, I just wasn't in a good place. And then uh, quit playing music altogether. I had some side project. Well, it's not true. I didn't quit music altogether. I just quit touring and just played in a couple bands. Um, really wanted to focus on um, health and wellness. Um, so I started my, my career in like the fitness industry and the health and wellness industry. Uh, started my own gym, had a gym for a couple years. Uh, that went really well. And we had children at the same time. My two beautiful sons, like I said, they're six and seven now. Um, and, then their, uh, and then their mother um, became really uh, successful with her career, her acting career. She's doing really, really well. She's crushing it. Lead on TV shows and movies and whatnot. And um, I took care of my kids. So I, I went into uh, full-time parenting when my son, my youngest was one and my eldest was two essentially. And then just went in like, went in deep. And so career-wise, um, <laughs> this is where the ego gets completely dropped, but uh, you know, don't really work that much. I have some clients, um, so I don't, have an, I don't have a flashy career right now that I can, I can be like, oh, this is what I do. But I um, have children and I have, uh, and like I said, an open heart. My heart's very open, full of love. And I'm still pursuing um, health and wellness. I still have like the training thing going on. Uh, I started a new band um, during COVID nine months ago uh, called ADA and um, super, super pumped about that um, with younger, younger, you know, kids, younger kids, 26, 27, 28, um, really beautiful human beings I get to create with. And uh, it's, it's just been like, I don't even know. It's like, I want to catch up with all of you with like, like all the details, but that's, that feels pretty uh, so full. Good. It feels like a pretty full conversation. Ben so that real talk, man. Thanks for bringing us to real places. And brother, I just want to say to you, man, like you're not the sum, you're not the total of whatever it is your PD says, or your job title says, like the fact that you're holding it down and parenting two kids, um, single parenting like that, man, that's, that's, um, that's legacy stuff. That's, that's the thing that's valuable and worthwhile. So thank you, homie. That's great. Hey, Mark, can we, Thanks we kick yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Mark, can we kick it down to you, buddy? I'm working on my background. Yeah, I can see that. Thank you for the hey sexy iguana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my dude right there. Um, that, was like, that was actually a tattoo reference. Like, for real. Um, let's see. I've been opening gigs since uh, 2001. 
that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's um, you getting wrench back together. Doing the eulogy. We've been at eulogy. We've been running about five years now, give or take. A couple EPs. Mandel's been putting out our our vinyl for us, and well, actually, no, think of that. He's been putting us up on the Spotify stuff, and then uh, we had stuff on Bridge Nine for a minute, and then we. Uh, uh, we did a split with Rikers recently, and I forget the label that did that one. But that's all right. Hey, Mark, uh, pretend I'm really old and I have no idea what the eulogy is. Give me some insight oh, into the bands are and, and what's, what's <laughs> the band about. Thank you. It's a uh, hardcore band uh, comprised of a bunch of forty-year-old men. And hold on, the, fifty. Two of them are fifty over fifty now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, Henderson's fifty. <laughs> Um, Dude, drop some names. Like right there. Not, not to be cool, guy, but drop some names because I literally don't know who's in the band. I don't know what you guys did and, and how you got together. But Matt said he was um, Matt sketched Henderson out of okay. um, uh, Eulogy fame, along with Matt Ball and Agnostic Front. Kevin Norton, who was in um, let's see, Eye for an Eye, Trade Phase, a bunch of like Boston bands. Uh, we got we got this dude Adam from San Diego, super killer dude, great guitar player. He replaced uh, Mentley because Mentley had the boo, apparently. Good job. Um, and then Sergio, our buddy Sergio from um, uh, Temecula, El Elsinore area. He has, I don't know if he was in any bands before, but he was like always like a dude that was at shows and stuff. Killer voice, great stage presence, but super fun. Like it's it's been going for a few years and this past year we haven't we haven't jammed since uh last march at least i mean we recorded the split and then lockdown happened pretty much immediately and that's i haven't touched drums at all since then since we recorded that's like the weirdest thing for me right now is just like i'm worried about getting back into that you know but other than that music wise that's that's been pretty much it i mean i did a bunch of other random stuff for a while and then uh had like a pop punk type band with uh steve miller for a little bit called crushed on you and actually we're talking to mandel right now about putting that out like the, our old demo uh because he was like why isn't this out anywhere you know like well, no one really cares or he maybe a split seven what inch with elf alphabet maybe <laughs> what <laughs> what did you call it margie did you say that was pop punk Kind of. It's like that vibe, I guess. Like that, um, not, right. not fully like blank style, but like like Alkaline Trio-ish. Go huh. Holiday. Okay. I mean, that, that whole feel. If, what is it really? Poppy. <laughs> it's definitely poppy feel-good music, you know? Look, it's not down to um, A, China. Right. It's, like, yeah. it's an E. So it's so. somewhere between Alkaline Trio and, and uh, Kill Holiday. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. Um, which is almost basically the same band. Totally. Um, <laughs> Show opener court. Yeah, always. Yeah. You gotta keep it real. Um, yeah. So that that's pretty much been it for music and then just working, tattooing still. Um, COVID hang on. Mark, lockdown kind of put me on a three-month vacation and then after that just came back and, and it's been great you know work's been fantastic uh 
moved in with my chick and her kids. And so we got a little family thing going now. Pretty tight, dude. Totally different. Wait, you know, and talk about your jet ski collection. Uh, I sold them. <laughs> what? I know, what? dude. I'm so sad. I'm, I'm a very sad person selling my jet ski. Oh. But it was, it was a good run. Sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, sorry I got for my one, loss. I got you one got more question from Mark. Get it. What's up? I got one more question for Mark before we pass on to Keith. Um, who is, when was the most you were in, um, like felt out of your depths to give a tattoo? So whether it was a hot chick or whether it was like uh, someone with some kind of rock star cred, when were you most nervous tattooing on someone's skin? Um, when I tattooed Johnson for the very first time. That was my first tattoo. And were you really messing him up? You know, like I mean, it was my first tattoo, so yeah, I did. It was flawless canvas, nervous, but yeah, right. <laughs> what did you do um, on it, Marky? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think I've ever been like nervous about tattooing anybody. Really, I mean, it's. it's I mean, I'm twenty years, twenty three years deep into it now, and it's just kind of like second nature, really. And then, then I'm. As long as you're cool and calm, you can get through it all. You know, like I, if you if you make yourself nervous, you'll do a shitty job. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been like in a spot where I'm like worried about the outcome or who I'm tattooing or anything. Yeah, I've really tattooed very many famous people either, though. So I, I don't know. Uh, Eric Johnson? Didn't you just That's drop it. his name? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be famous. Be famous. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get these right hand man. Let's get these intros out of the way. Keith Barney, catch us up, buddy. What have you been doing? The one eight, the one eight V, a little bit. Yeah, uh, been uh, doing H Visions. Um, I've got another little project that I just started called Duca, and um, which is also kind of like metal influenced stuff. Um, and other than that, I'm just doing design, I'm a user experience, user interface designer. Uh, so I've been doing design for, I don't know, ever since I stopped touring with 18 back in the day. Um, so quite a while now. Um, yeah, family, couple kids. Um, and uh, still in Orange County. Um, and yeah, that's the quick version. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. Kept, he kept it brief. He kept it tight, as he always does. All right, cool. Well, let's um, transition into. Uh, I'm gonna give Tommy the. We're we're either going last show or we're going fight story. I'm gonna give you the the option, and then I'll I'll answer first so that you guys have a chance to. What do you want to do? Last last throwdown show played or fight story. <laughs> You talking about my last show played or the fight that I got in that no, I slaughtered no. everybody? <laughs> I was giving you here, look, I'm going to Matt now, Tommy. You're out. Matt, which pathway do you want to go on, buddy? Do you want to talk? We're we're gonna talk as a group. Do you want to talk about the last throwdown show you played for all of us, or do you want to talk about a fight story? Sure. I I don't know if I even have really any fight stories. No, no, you're supposed to pick, buddy. You're supposed to <laughs> you guys are worthless. Come on. You just pick pick a pathway and then I'll Okay. Um, last show. All right. Last show. Okay. Last show, guys. The question is last show, all of you. What's something you remember about your last show? Anything. So for me, I think when I was 2006, uh, 
I can't even remember that band's names. Remembering Never, um, we were playing with them. We we're doing a headlining tour. And the weird thing to me, I guess what I remember was just that um, it wasn't public news. So only a couple people went. I remember Tommy was there and Ryan Downey was there. But it was a weird feeling playing at Showcase, kind of knowing this was the end, but there was no finality to it. There was no, like, this is my last show, big kind of coming out thing. So it was kind of a weird, um, bittersweet moment of like, Flip, I'm totally done with this and like actually really happy because I was pretty done <clears> with the band at that point, but also um, kind of sad because Showcase is so endearing and, you know, that place and and being around with friends and stuff like that was, um, yeah, just kind of tough. So um, just a mixed bag of emotions. And um, I'll flick that now back over to Ben. Last show, what's something you remember? Medley, what was my last show? Do you remember? No, it was after me, dude. It was after you. That's right. <laughs> Man, guys, I straight up don't remember. I think it was probably, if I were to guess, um, and I'm really guessing it was probably somewhere in California, probably LA. I'm guessing maybe House of Blues or something. I have no idea, but I remember it. I don't remember much, to be honest, just because, you know, the last few years have been really, really gnarly. Like my brain, I, I it's, it's interesting because my brain, um, like I'll see people on the street. I don't know if you experienced this, Tommy, but like, I don't know how bad it was for you, like going through like, you know, the trauma of divorce and I'm not trying to bring it back to like the darkness, but my brain has gone to like selective memory. Like you need to remember only certain things right now. And then we'll slowly reintroduce. So even being on this conversation, I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about the last show. Like, I don't remember what the last show was. And if I were to guess it was, like I said, in LA and the feeling was like, man, I know this is my last show. I haven't spoke to anybody about this in the band. Um, I feel like, like you said, Dom, uh, Dom like kind of like, why does it say Dave May, Dom? What, what is, can you? Keep going, Ben. Am I, Keep am going. I tri- okay. No. I'm like, hey, hey, they call them that in Australia. <laughs> okay. This is like, all right. Hey, Dave May, that bogan that does the podcast. <laughs> I was like, Dom, that doesn't say Dom. Um, yeah, so, uh, same kind of what you were saying was like that bittersweet feeling. Cause like no one in the band knew. Um, and I was, ex- I was excited to be done with it. And I was excited to just go like go home and, and be done. And though I felt really bad cause I was leaving friends. Like I was leaving dear friends that I, I loved um, though. I had to like, I had to find my, my way out. The only way I knew how to do that, you know? So it was a weird, it was a weird place to be. You know, because I really want to say something, but I just didn't know how to communicate it. Um, so I basically just like, you know, left and then that was it. So then my last show was really weird, man. Yeah. I remember my last was show. It, was, it, was it was it maybe the was it the Cavalier Conspiracy Dillinger tour? Was it that one? It, it may have been. I feel like you were I feel like you were there. I feel like you know, I came like, out. I came, yeah, I came yeah, out too. Yeah. Yeah, because I because um Danny was there. Like, I remember the crew being there and just being like, oh, just, oh gosh, this is going to be like so, uh, this is shitty. This is shitty. Was yeah. your waffle maker there though, Ben? That, that toured across several states. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, it was in the van. Yo, man, I talk about that all. That's something I remember. I remember receiving a waffle maker for my, my, from my, to when I was leaving for tour. My, my dear ex-girlfriend, Rochelle, who's, she's awesome. She's crushing it right, right now. She lives in Toronto, actually. I see her still. Um, she's crushing it. And she gave me a waffle iron because she knew I loved waffles. And I was like, we, how are we going to make waffles on tour in a van? I don't know. We're going to hotel thing, maybe? I don't know. 
No, there was no awful line. <laughs> it was done. Go ahead, Matt. But thank you. Yeah. Me? Yeah, bud. Come on. So, so my original last show was 07 on the Machine Head tour, right? That we did. And uh, that was weird. It was weird for sure because I had told the dudes the week before. I remember it. We were in St. Louis at uh, Pops, the famous venue Pops. And uh, I remember how hard that conversation was for me to have at the time in my life to go and tell Mark and Dave and and Ben that I was going to leave at the end of the tour. Um, And yeah, I just remember that night, that night that I told them sucked. It was weird to be on stage. It was just a weird energy. The rest of that week on that tour sucked. Everyone, it was, I got shut out the rest of the tour um, just because it was like plans were continuing, right? With the band and I was on the outside instantly, which it is what it is, you know, whatever. Um, But my last show, the cool part was Rob Flynn came on stage and I got to face off headbang with Rob Flynn covering Sepultura. So that was a highlight, uh, one of the highlights of my music life for sure. Um, I can't remember if we did Roots or it was... um, propaganda maybe because we were doing propaganda at the time because we recorded it but i don't remember which one we did with him but that was like a highlight obviously i'll never forget just headbanging face to face with rob flynn on stage at house of blues in la playing sepultura i mean that's pretty sick so yeah man that was like that was my original show and then of course i did a couple festivals like a few years ago we did we did uh montreal and and belgium and the belgium one was kind of weird too but um but yeah it was cool yeah. Not really a last show, I guess, but whatever. But yeah, my, my real last show was that Machine Head tour. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot of emotion, just like Ben said, kind of going on. Everybody knew. and it, But it was like you said also, it wasn't like a real final show. Like it wasn't like this thing was like, oh, it's his last show. And, you know, so it was kind of like only known internally. And mm-hmm. um, so it was weird. It was a weird mix of, of emotions. And at the time, it felt like the right thing to do because I was previously married and I was felt like I wanted to through that new chapter in my life. And um, that obviously ended just like a year after I left, not even a year after I left the band. I mean, it was months after that whole thing fell apart, my marriage. So not surprisingly, but, um, but yeah, so. Yeah, thanks weird. for saying that, man. I have, uh, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Like, as you guys are talking about it, like um, I'm not trying to bring us to like dark places, but like, it is a real weird thing no. that we didn't honor each other for the most part, you know? Like we didn't say like, hey, this is his kind of going out party or whatever. Um, but as you mentioned, like the show keeps going on and like, we're always kind of in that mindset and I don't blame anyone and, you know, you yeah. guys can blame me, whatever. It doesn't really matter, but it's like, you know, um, that lack of like closure almost for a lot of us probably is, you know, a pattern or something like that. What about you, T Love? What do you reckon? What was your last show? Were you? Did we know it was your last show? What was the vibe? Yeah, my my original last show was uh, basically the entire summer of Ozfest because uh, that's how I ended the chapter of Throwdown because it was the best summer. It was like heavy metal summer <laughs> yeah. camp. And there's so many memories, and you know, like it's funny seeing Ben right now because I don't remember the last time I saw you, but the only memory I have is Ben with the shirt off lifting weights by the bus every single day when we're supposed to be going to the autograph signing. And we'd always have to go, yo, Ben, it's time to go do the signing or whatever. And he's just like smiling and he's got a whole, like by the end of Ozfest, he had a whole like group of followers that were lifting weights with them. He started the whole thing. So that, that was my last show in my head, but, uh, it's funny because I didn't even know my last show like you guys until I put it together just now. 
uh, it was at the glass house and, um, same deal. Like it wasn't defined, you know, the crowd didn't know, but I think maybe that was my preference. So, um, you know, it was something probably better for me. Uh, so the memory of that show, literally the only memory I have other than it being awesome was, um, I stage dove with my guitar arm in arm with Lisk over the barrier and no one caught us. So that was number one. <laughs> uh, number two was I jumped off the drum riser off of the kick drum, which was like once jumping, I'm a good 10 feet off the ground and I miscalculated. And when I landed, I landed fully stiff legged and I had this crazy chill that went all the way up my spine where I couldn't move for like five or 10 seconds. And it was like, wait, did I just paralyze myself my last show? <laughs> um, and so that was pretty wild. Um, oh, but it was a great last show, to be honest. I mean, it was essentially a sold out glass house show that had a ton of energy. And I don't know if I could ask for um, a better sending off, but yeah. The, uh, was that, was that after was OzFest, Tommy? Was that after, was that so. post OzFest? Yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah I don't, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah so uh, it, it was OzFest, and then I had flown out to do a couple shows with you guys on the East Coast for the um, Fear Factory tour, if you remember oh, that. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then after Factory, that yeah. was a, a Glass House show that was just kind of like, yeah, this is going to be the last show officially. Yeah. That's right. Go ahead, Marky or Keith. You guys arm wrestle over it, thumb wrestle over it. Some kind of wrestling. Do it, Mark. Uh, hi. Uh, let's see. So I didn't know it was going to be my last show, so that type, that part's tight. Because um, <laughs> I might have got kicked out. Oh, man. Does uh, time, time heal all wounds, Mark? Here we go again. Yeah, Mark. sure. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, here we go again with the whole kicked out business. Um, <laughs> no, I remember. It was that It was tight. Um, uh, I think I got in an argument with somebody about selling out vegan and then they're going to sell out straight edge and then they eventually did. <laughs> and I'm still straight edge, so that part's cool. Um, oh, no one on the screen, but I doesn't matter. The person doesn't matter anyways. Uh, I don't remember who we played with, but I always like shows at, uh, Jay anyways. So it was a good way to go out. Yeah, and then and then we did the Euro thing, right, Mark? We did the reunion. Yeah, yes, we did. The Euro thing. Thing. That was awesome. How about how about what was the vibe of that, Mark? Was it weird to be hit up after that? Were, were you kind of happy? Was it kind of shitty? Like, no, what was stuff, the vibe dude. Of, yeah, cool. Yeah, just it was wondering. fun. It was Ben's first tour, and uh, yeah. my first time in Europe, and it was fantastic. Totally loved it. Had probably the most fun. You know, definitely most fun with the band. I would say. Actually, no, I don't know. I, I think our first tour, first couple tours were wonderful. You know, as shitty as some of them were, like, I, I wouldn't trade any of it for anything, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that Euro thing was great. Playing guitar was super fun. And I learned that I wasn't as good as a guitar player as I thought I was uh, during that time. None of us but are, buddy. I made, made enough noise to, to pass it off as music, I guess. Dude, you crushed it. Yeah. Hey, thank you. I had so much. <laughs> you held it down, man. Come on. Yeah, you're awesome. It was the best. <clears throat> uh, was you, Mark, you were you struggling playing throwdown riffs? Uh, I, I didn't even how that's possible, dude. Stuff. I mean, super open calm. one, open four. And just, <laughs> yeah, dude. Depending on which song it was, it's the order. <laughs> those are good songs, man. <laughs> don't don't bash those songs. Those are good songs. 
Those riffs are awesome. Tom is spinning, spinning on stage, just jumping off things. The songs are amazing. Yeah. You guys crush it. I was even um, I was even in the band back then, but those like Beyond this, you know, Beyond Repair and Not to Be Blood. I love those riffs. Just saying. That's just my take. Oh, oh I love good. the riffs. I'm yeah, just saying it. Actually, I, I think too, surprised to hear uh, they were hanging out with Tommy and learning all playing. the songs uh, that I didn't know was pretty fun. Tommy couldn't go for whatever reason, work, I'm assuming. Um, so, you know, I, I did that for him. And yeah, cool. It was rad. I'm, I'm glad you guys let me do it. What about you, Kay Barney? It was um, somewhere in the pre-Ozfest days, like somewhere right before that, right? Yeah, I have, I have no idea in the timeline. I But I do remember that I think I actually did like have like final shows, at least the band knew. And yeah. I remember it was kind of cool because we played back to back at Chain. One night I played guitar and one night I sang. I think I sang the set or at least did some songs. Hmm. Wasn't sure. Yeah, cool. something like that but so it was kind of like it was closer for me for sure um because i was psyched to do both like which kind of encompassed my time in the band of singing and playing <laughs> guitar and whatever and it was a chain which was kind of like you know the home crowd kind of a thing so yeah and i was able to like tell friends and whatever so got to talk to a lot of friends after the show that came it was cool yeah right all right. Well, hey, I'm going to move us to, um, I, I said fight story, but I'm just going to leave it open to weirdest story. So something you remember or something you tell people now. So like, look, I'm 42. I got a bunch of civilians in my life. And a lot of times they'll say, oh, you're in a band. And then they're kind of waiting to like, see if I was someone important. And then I just get blank stares. I'm not sure if you guys have gotten that when you say the band name, you're just like, oh yeah, that, yeah. But anyways, um, and then I'll tell a story about the band. Um, one of them is a famous, actually, uh, someone hit me up on Facebook the other day, the Reno story. So for anyone who was in Reno, the time I where tell that story, oh, dude, that's the one I remember because for me, I was legit scared. So I'll just tell like a really Same. brief Wait. snapshot. You too, Keith. Yep. Oh yeah. I went in the van. Yeah. What's up, Tommy? Uh, no, you tell you, you talk first and then I'll go. All right. You look, sure. like, you look like you work at the wall in uh, game of Thrones with that Sherpa and the beard. The wall. <laughs> Thank you. Nice watch, dude. Nice that's watch. As, that's as good as it gets. I'm doing <laughs> something right, Tommy. Yeah, look. All right. So what I remember of the show was we played in Reno, which was already a bit sketchy, but uh, look, real raucous, kind of thuggy crew, and they were dancing and having a lot of fun. We had the whole lineup was pretty thuggy, if I remember. And um, the promoter uh, thought we were being rock star dicks and he thought the biggies count was different. So we had some weird kind of vibe with the numbers of how many people paid, how many people didn't. And then it turned out that, you know, as the chatter started, Throwdown was asking for more money than they really were worth. And, and so we were being rock star dicks and that's how we achieved. And so we ended up, we were trying to leave the show. The show was over, Biggie was settling out and we were just holed up in this little tiny baby green room. And I remember hearing hammers and bats smashing on the door outside. And for me, it was the first time in a fight scenario, I was legit like, oh shit, like what's gonna happen? Like, I have no idea what's gonna happen. And trying to see my way through it, I was legit scared. And um, I'll leave that as a cliffhanger for Tommy or Keith to fill in any gaps and uh, and then conclude the story. Well, Keith, what did it look like from the van? <laughs> yeah. He so, was home safe in the van. <laughs> no, I was walking down the street 
And then around the corner of the venue came like four dudes in masks and they had crowbars. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. And then, so I started going back the other way. And then I saw some of the Donnybrook dudes and Dave kind of coming out the front door and it just looked like bad things were going to happen. And we had heard at that point, we had already heard that there was like beef about like Biggie settling out with the contract or whatever. And I was like, all right, see ya. So I went to the, I went to the van and I was just like peeking out the window, like what is happening? So that's where I was outside right in front of the venue talking with someone. And, uh, well then we must've been next to each other. Yeah. Whatever, Keith, you're in the van trying to get, come on. <laughs> well, that's, so I was, I was basically right where the epicenter, the, the big altercation happened, where essentially it was, uh, you know, Reno was, was banging on the wall with, with crowbars. And I was like, all right, whatever. And we were actually trying to get our little surfer hippie drummer out of the venue. He had not packed up his drums. Everyone else was totally packed up. And he was just like, away, all happy. And, you know, they're banging on the walls with crowbars. And we're like, Aaron, go get your drums, dude. And he was just like, why? And so I was out front. And that's when, uh, geez, what's his name from Donnybrook? Uh, Dre? No, not Dre. Bill? Um, no? uh, Phil, Phil. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was the bass player. Phil, Phil rolls out, and I'm, I'm, you know, 15 feet away from this. Phil rolls out. He has a little gym bag from the 80s, and he walks up. He pulls a gun out and goes, what's up? And flexes the gun, and basically Reno just looked at him and was like, what's up? <laughs> they weren't scared at all. And then all yeah. of a sudden, Reno, get your guns. Get your guns, Reno. And that was when it was like, oh, man. So uh, I was basically like moonwalking backwards once the gun got pulled out, trying to be as like quiet as possible. And then uh, it just got chaos immediately where Phil threw the gun in the trash can, which is super smart. And uh, we all jumped in our vans and took off and the cops uh, caught him later uh, somehow. But yeah, it was honestly, I've said this to a few people, but that was one of the times where I was ready to move on from playing and throw down. It, it was definitely like, I don't know if it, if it was the scene thing or what, but I was just more exposed to uh, a bigger, like thug type of mentality within the hardcore scene that I was not, I didn't sign up to play and throw down for that, yeah. but it seemed like it was becoming that. And um, it's all good. I mean, it's part of, it's always been part of the hardcore scene, but uh, it was a new level where it's like, yeah, that's not really why I'm here. So uh, that yeah, was and that's the irony. Hey, Tommy, like I tell this part of the story too. We're a bunch of like seen kids from Orange County that, and that it was ironic. And then the irony became the truth, right? We were this ironic kind of tough guy band and that was the whole joke of it. And then we sure. kind of morphed into that through the yeah. affiliation, through some of the shows, through some of the demeanor and everything. And then it was like, now what? Well, yeah. And then, you know, some of our early tours, you guys will remember this. We would go to like New York and seeing like what, real hardcore dudes look like compared to orange county you were just like whoa and you know i can't only imagine what they were thinking about us but they somehow took us kind of serious but i was like ah oh, this is great i'm i'm all in for this but there was no like guns being pulled and you know it was just a whole new level in reno 
Yeah, no doubt, man. All right. Will someone um, turn the page? Someone have a weird memory or a scary memory or what's a story that you tell from your time in Throwdown? My, uh, my experience with Joe Hardcore, uh, oh. White-Ass oh. white Joey in Philly. Classic. Um, yeah. Roaming the streets of Philly at night to go get a pizza and, and, and uh, <laughs> car pulling over and pulling a gun on us. And uh, I was like, dude, I don't want pizza anymore. Let's go home. <laughs> and, uh, wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang yeah, on. We're missing so, some stuff here, Keith. Come on. First uh, time in give Philly, right? The details. Keith, first time in Philly, yeah. right? Wait, first we're time in Philly. Like, yeah, we're like, let's go get Philly cheesesteak. Let's be dorks and, and go to Wawa or whatever. And we play the show. And I don't even remember the show, to be honest. But, you know, we we get invited to stay at Joe's house afterwards and we're just like yeah we'll stay at his house whatever we roll up to this sketchy neighborhood and we pull up to his house and go in the front door his girlfriend's on the couch and he's like hey babe show him your new tattoo she lifts up her <laughs> shirt and she has this uh this rocker that says pervert in old english on her stomach and we were just like <laughs> yeah oh, that's, a, that's a really nice tattoo and so then we immediately go down to his basement and he's shooting blow darts at us. And uh, it, it just kept getting weirder and weirder. And so then Keith went to get the pizza and some fool rolls up and goes, yo, where's Bip? And Keith's like, what? And he's like, where's Bip? And he's like, I don't know. And then he pulls a gun and he's like, where's Bip? And, and Joe casually like walks up and goes, hey, I've lived in this neighborhood for 20 years. I don't know no Bip. And Keith's like, again, moonwalking backwards when a gun gets pulled. And um, yeah, so sketchy. And and then Mark and I decided to go out and, and start uh, tagging some trains at two in the morning in Philly. Right, Mark? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yeah. I was just thinking, yeah, we went tagging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keith had, it kept uh, getting more real. A hot piece pulled on him. Yeah. <laughs> it got real, real. <laughs> hey, it was Philly, but then the, you know? um, Do you remember the next? The blow dart that went by Dom's face. <laughs> Dude, I was legit. I was legit sketched out the whole time. Like we walked down into his basement. You wanted to sleep in the van. Didn't I went. To, van? I did sleep in the van. He yeah. had like pentagrams <laughs> up, and it was all hot and steamy in that little basement. And I was legit sketched out. I'm like, dude, I, I didn't. Again, I didn't sign up for this. Like you were worse <laughs> off in the van, though, dude. You would have gotten mangled in that van. <laughs> I was taking my chances, mate. So Keith, what were you remember, saying? Remember when we I was going to say, uh, do you remember Minnesota? the next day? Oh wait, what? Well, I was going to say the, the next day in Philly, when, when Joe was trying to call people and get them to the show, I don't know if you remember this, he's like trying to call people, yo, there's like a matinee show today, whatever. And then he like, he starts laughing. He like hangs up the phone. He's like laughing. And we're like, dude, what's so funny? He's like, oh, that's the guy that pulled the knife on me at the last show. And I'm like, <laughs> and you, and you just invited him to the show. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to see him there. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, the best part about how we, I think eventually, how we originally met Joe, right? Wasn't it in- Night um, Circle. Yeah. So, but where, what state was it? The, the, the flattest state in the U.S.? Uh, Nebraska. Yeah, it was I in Minnesota. Have... Was it? Yeah, with, with uh, Black-Ass Mike and White-Ass Joey, it was like up in uh, Minnesota, right? Okay, well, whatever it was, we were playing a show and there's these two guys moshing like I've never seen before. I think everyone on stage was like, we have to know those. We have to get to know those people right there. And it happened to be them. <laughs> and yeah, so. BFF. That was Cog Factory. 
That's right. That's that's it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. I knew that. That was a sweaty spot. Mm-hmm. What I was gonna say was, remember when we stayed at that one dude's house in Minnesota, and it was like the most hottest house we've ever been in, like in our complete life. We actually left in the middle of the night, left him a note to thank you for letting us stay. But um, was that the weird we shower out upstairs? Was that the weird shower yeah. scene from uh, the DVD? Yeah. <laughs> and the dude was like. Oh, my parents were moving out, and it was like a half-empty house, and we were staying there. But we're like sweating it out, and then we go downstairs, and Tommy's laying by himself with two box fans pointing right at him, like just fully happily asleep. While we're all upstairs, just like dying and like packing our bags and like feeling bad that we're leaving this dude. They made us like dinner and all this other shit. Wow. Yeah. It's so dude, weird. I, Isn't I this the same? Hold on, really quick, Keith. Isn't this the same time that Johnson? We figured out Johnson didn't know how to swim. Wasn't that the same night? It was Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that was chicago okay all right sorry all right go ahead keith go ahead oh uh, is this is a, just a quick one it's a good marky story i just hey remember cruising, colorado cruising cruising in the van oh, everyone's asleep and then we wake up <laughs> i'm having like a wet dream and waking up and it's marky's driving listening to porn <laughs> remember that <laughs> Do you remember that? I know, I know nothing about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was porn audio, and I was like, "Yeah, yes." And, and like, I woke up and I looked around, and everyone and so was starting to like, wake up. Like, this? what is going on, dude? Like, what is that? Wait, hang on, yeah. Keith. Turn for the record. It wasn't like Keith. Turn around. Like, oh yeah, look at that man bun. Check out his man bun, dude. What? Turn around. Oh boy. <laughs> what a gentleman. I noticed yeah, that, that thing. That is noise. Legit, dude. dude. Legit. You've been working out, dude. That's my uh, my quarantine hair. Hey, Mark, Colorado, uh, liberation. I still tell that oh. one too. I still tell that. I was one. just talking about that the other day. Yeah, um, uh, I accidentally broke a window. <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> Mark. Accidentally, yeah, dude. I did not do that on purpose. I what were you, promise what were you, you. For? I was just aiming for the the car. I wasn't aiming for the window. I was just aiming for the car. <laughs> so like I, hum- I was saying too like I, I felt extremely bad after because i was like oh shit now i broke their window they're probably just in there for five minutes checking in or something um <laughs> and these dogs are covered in glass <laughs> i know the logic right whatever. like i think about our yeah. whatever, early 20 year old self so set the scene it was like 100 degrees at least plus early in the morning and we see two dogs in the back of a car and we're like, oh, this sucks. And Animal Liberation Mark's like, yeah, this really sucks. And he kind of took it to the next level, threw a brick or something through a window or whatever it was, threw something yeah. through a window. And we're all just, you know, like the scene in um, like when monkeys lose their shit in the zoo and they're like, ah, ah, ah. like we ended up doing that. And then we drove <laughs> off in a frenzy. <laughs> yeah, Chappetti, Chappetti was yelling, you're free, you're free. <laughs> Remember him? <laughs> so good. Who? So good. <laughs> hey, Mentley, really quick, I got to put you on blast. Ben, maybe you can fill in. Does anyone I know? know what, I know what you. Does anyone know, know that Matt Mentley got arrested in somewhere in the middle of America? I thought you were talking about the... ripping of the pants on the Ozfest stage. <laughs> That's a story. I actually just stole, told my parents that story two weeks ago. Um. The, the the pants ripping but um not the arrest yeah i story. might be i might be the only member that actually went to jail on tour right <laughs> i think i might in spite of all the sketchy stories that that reno and all this stuff i mean i think i might be the only one that ever went to jail yeah sketchy i didn't know about this yeah 
So I thought I told you at some point. Um, so we were on. It was the Asley Dying tour. We were on. We were direct support, and this was at the time. This was like Vendetta time. So it was after Vendetta came out, I believe. But it was this time period, which there was all. I know probably everyone went through different times like this in the band where it was like Throwdown, dude, sold out. You know, like it was all these rumors, right? On MySpace, whatever. Throwdown sold out, or and then the, the Vendetta came out, and like young hardcore kids were like, oh, it sounds like Godsmack, you know, it was all, that whole thing, whatever. And um, I just remember. Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, we stand alone. So um, I just remember that night I got we in stand a stand alone together. My, <laughs> we stand alone together, Marky. Um, so I got in a fight on the phone with my ex at the time, with my ex, she's my ex now. And so I was already just riled up. And I think that, I don't remember what was going on. Nothing was really crazy going on on that tour, but I just remember there were kids there that night that were just heckling us from the stage all night, calling us sellouts, blah, 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 just every, in between every song. And, um, and there was the drama with the rider because the agency group on our rider, it was just like a standard agency group rider. It had alcohol on it. You remember that Dom? No. Yeah. So there was this, this standard rider. And then the promoter told these kids, these like local hardcore like kids, and then there was like this whole drama about like, oh, Throwdown has alcohol in the rider. And this was going around online, whatever form online at the time was MySpace. And so that was like this thing. And, and it was in Louisville, right? And so I was just getting more and more, I was already agitated on stage. Those dudes were yelling at us. And then I remember walking off stage and they're get, coming up closer and they're yelling at all of us. And I think, I don't know if it was me or Dave or somebody was like, yeah, come on, let's go. Like, come out, come out to the front, you know, and then. By the time I get out of, outside, you and Dave, I think, were out there arguing with the promoter. And then those kids come around. Dave, like, goes at this one kid. He was, I forget his name. He was young, dude. I think he was 17 at the time because he kept egging us on to hit him. Right? Yeah. And so Dave's in his face, like, you know, whatever. So I get in between Dave and him because I didn't want Dave to, like, hit him. Right? Um, thinking Dave could get arrested or whatever. So then I start yelling at this kid just at, you know, and I'm like, blah, 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 yelling, whatever. I don't even, dude, it's hard to even remember what I was saying at this point. Um, it was like, it was like, six, right? Dana so. point. Dana <laughs> point. Nar, fool. <laughs> yeah. So he's like asking me to hit him. It's not, I'm like, dude, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to hit you. Like you're, you know, you're 17 years old. I'm not, I'm, you know, and I'm 23 or whatever. So then, and then all I remember, all I remember from it, which you guys had a different view, obviously than me, but I remember somebody yelling at me to stop. And I'm like, you know, whatever, like, fuck you, whatever. And then I remember getting grabbed on my shoulders. So I, and I honestly think it's his friends, like in my, in my head. And I'm in the middle of yelling at this kid to just, he's an idiot. He doesn't know anything, what he's talking about, whatever. So I like do this kind of thing, right? Like I'm thinking somebody like his friends are going to grab me and jump me and all. And I, I kind of remember this glimpse of like looking at you guys and the Azalea dying dudes. And they're all like, dude, chill, chill. Like tell me to chill. Because unbeknownst to me, it was a cop grabbing me from behind. And he was not in uniform, by the way. Didn't identify himself as a cop that I remember, right? And so the next thing I know, I'm, I'm like, my hands are held behind me, right? And then I'm still raging from what I remember. And the next thing, the only thing I remember is getting hit in the side of the face by this big cop. He just punches me in the side of the face. And then I'm just like, I didn't get knocked out, but I was done, right? Like my, that was where it stopped for me. And then they put me on the hood of the car, right? Put handcuffed me, put me in the car. Um, did you have so a yeah, moment I would where love... you're like, I, I didn't sign up for this? No, his oh, yeah. moment was, this is where rock stars are born. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, so, so it, yeah, I remember being taken to 
Whoa. Frozen. Yeah. 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 I remember you got taken there. Keith, where did he get taken? Fill in the story. Come on. Liam That's Neeson. a good reflecting face. That's a really yeah. good face. <laughs> That's actually what he looked like when he yeah. got hit. I saw I saw the entire thing. I was standing right next to Medley and, and the cop was huge. The cop just poof right across the face because Medley was raging and yelling at the cop. And then the, the cop was like, just smashed him. And Medley was just like, yeah, I love I love people's perceptions, right, Ben? Like Matt was he was he lost his mind in that moment. He went he temporarily losing, insane. He was losing his yeah. mind. He was losing his mind, and then yeah. he got hit fairly hard by this really big police officer, and then handcuffed, thrown in the back of the car. And he's just like looking at us in the window. We're like, all right, well, I guess we'll see you later in jail or something. I don't know. <laughs> he drive away like this. Yeah, yeah. He, he ripped the handcuffs off. Straight edge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Hey, I reckon we got another 15, 20 minutes or so. Let's end on something posy. Let's um end on mm. like favorite show, favorite kind of um just something that you know you because I dude, it's so weird for me. It's like black and white at the same time. Like those years of throwdown is just marbled. Like there's a bunch of shit and then a bunch of good, and it's all kind of this like mess. And so um what do you guys think? Like, what's uh, what's what's a posy memory that you have? Am I back now? You might be. Yeah. Hey, sorry. I, I filled in the gaps for you. Don't worry. Yeah, we said yeah, you were a total lunatic, yeah. Matt. Yeah. It was. I'll just. Up, he did fuck me because when when I was getting mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. just to close it off when I was getting, um, like, processed. He told me he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. You know why I arrested you? And he's like. I'm like, not really. And he's like, well, you, you know, he, he told me he was charging me for criminal trespassing, all these like BS charges. I'm like, well, how, how was I trespassing? Is it cause I told you to leave? I was like, well, I was like playing a show there. And where do you want me to go? Like, there's just weird stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, you'd be fine. You don't have to come back and fight this as long as you don't drive if you're ever in, in Kentucky again. You know, he basically just was totally felt like he was messing with me. But anyway, um, to wrap the story up, it really did. It really was a moment where I was like, dude, I need to check my anger issues at the time and and it, it definitely was a turning point for me of like yeah i need to not get an altercation i mean i was never really got, never really got fights but just letting myself get to that level where i was so like you know on 10 or past 10 where i was so like yelling at this guy where i didn't even know what really was going on you know that was a, that was definitely a turning point for me not that, that that happened all the time but yeah can i can i last thing real quick like um yeah do you feel like you had to own up to a stereotype because you're saying this is around vendetta. And I know for me, like, look, I went yeah. from this really, you know, uh, tiny little kid who didn't know anything in Orange County and then into this tough guy band. And this is, you know, this is the way I frame it. And so for me, it was kind of like this posture where it's like I had to try to embody a tough guy lifestyle. And so I, I did. I puffed out my chest a lot because I thought I had to do that as part of being in yeah. the band. <clears throat> you feel like you're, you know, do you ever feel like that happened for you or? Not, not particular. I mean, I don't remember that specifically feeling that way, but, um, but I do. Yeah. I don't, I never felt that in the band. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't feel like, especially by the time once we did Ozfest and went beyond, you know, doing just hardcore shows and we're doing touring with more metal bands. I feel like that kind of fell off. Like, I don't feel like, like, obviously when I toured with the band early on, when I was just filling in and stuff and we were doing like more, more like hardcore stuff I, I felt that but i never really felt like i needed to be tough or anything but i know i know what you're saying i could see how that could be the case but 
Yeah. I was just not in a good place at that point in that yeah, day, sure. especially. And it just went the wrong way, you know? Yeah. Someone's... You're just a tough guy in uh, Mateau. That's all. That's exactly. I mean, I was, I came from a band that we dressed like pirates. So, I mean, come on guys. What do you expect? In a point, you know, <laughs> Look, I'll, uh, I'll uh, transition us because we only have probably about 10, 15 minutes. Um, Posy memory for me. Look, there's so many positive memories, but the first thing that rattles off my brain was um, the early days of Throwdown. Um, Tommy would come up with a riff or Keith would come up with a vocal part. And I remember um, at the time, songs like Raise Your Fist or Unite, Keith had these like just kind of crazy well, not crazy ideas, but he was just like, he was pushing. And so he's like, check this out, fool. Like, this is what it's gonna be like. And I remember it was so much excitement um, and just trusting in Keith. Like, I'm like, I don't know, is that gonna work? Is that not gonna work? And then it totally working and just being, um, I don't know, so kind of, what's the word? Naive, I suppose, in one sense, musically, but at the same time, so excited. And I remember like seeing those songs take shape and take form. Um, man, Keith, like you're just, you're visionary, you know, in that respect, like for that time and that era and, and pushing it that hard and that far, it was so cool to just kind of be in the room with you at times. Oh, thanks for saying that. But I, I just really good at ripping off other bands, you know, <laughs> I saw, I just do, I, I knew we had a formula and I knew the formula would work breakdowns, sing-alongs fast breakdown. Like it just. I felt like hundred percent confident. I mean, I guess it's just to take the ball from there. Like I didn't have any negative experience. Like everything for me was positive. I didn't, I wasn't part of any tough guy or whatever. Like we were from the beginning, like, yo, let's not take ourselves seriously. Let's have fun. And that's how I took it. Like besides like some of the anxiety I had around the time when like, I was like losing my voice or, or like the times when that didn't happen for me, like I was like, you know, I felt like I was letting people down. Like that was frustrating, but like, beyond that everything was super positive like i felt so confident going into every single show that like we were gonna like light up dudes faces they were gonna fucking stage dive they were gonna like go nuts and i just like it was like a i remember like a hell fest it was just like when do we go on because i'm we're gonna kill it i just i felt so amped to play i didn't really get nervous before we played i was just like like dude they're ready to set it off you know so cool. Ben, you're raising your hand like um, you're in class. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I want to I want to say because I came into Where's the fist? band. Where's my fist? I want to I came into the band as a fan, like before, you know, before doing the records. And that was the energy 100 percent for me. It wasn't a tough guy thing. It was it was like pure positivity. It was a lot of fun. Like I knew that once, you know, Threnon was going to get on stage, it was just going to be like Keith was saying, like smiles and stage dives. And yeah, we'd mosh and we, we'd go hard, but it wasn't like hard. You know what I mean? Like it was like, it was, um, I don't know. This is like an understanding in the show. Like it would, I mean, again, I'm not Montreal. I'm from Montreal. So, so it's a different vibration there than, than perhaps other places, you know, like in the States where we weren't pulling guns out. We were just like, we loved heavy music and Throwdown was embodied kind of all the, all the really cool elements of hardcore that we love. Like the New York hardcore scene was really special to me. Um, and there was something really special and unique about the California hardcore scene that brought a lot of like, like energy, fun energy. I don't know. It was just, it was just a, its own thing that I really appreciated. Um, and so that's that, those, those would be my favorite memories of not, not that my memories weren't fun um, and positive. And when I was playing in the band, 
but my favorite memories are definitely the ones before joining the band where I was just like, Oh my God, my friends are coming to town and we're going to stage there. We're going to have fun. And we're going to like, it was just, that was the vibe. So that, so yeah, I just want to express that because that, that was really important to me. Sick. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, well, any live show, you know, anytime playing live, I thought it was fantastic. Recording was my nemesis for sure, but live playing was always fun, no matter what. Mark, do you have like a top? Uh, that's all I have. Do you have like a, this stands out to me, it's like a, I love this show? Uh, I mean, really anything, you know? Maybe the first time we played Gilman and we sold it out. Like, that was huge, you know? But that was also like the very beginning of us like realizing like, oh, people actually like us, you know? Um, Hellfest, any, anything, you know? Like, they're all great. Every show. Yeah, it's cool. When Tommy fell through the stage, fantastic. Which time, dude? Was that Minnesota? Which time? <laughs> yeah, which time? For sure. What about when I tried to clear the barrier at Ozfest and I missed by like two feet <laughs> on the back of a security guard? Brutal. Liz pulls me up. He's like, dude, that's a $10,000 fine. I'm like, what are you talking about? But yeah, I mean, you guys are all touching on the little beautiful points about this this band and, and generally having this experience. And I think that we're all super fortunate to be part of the analog version of being in a band because everything is so digital now and you can like you know have a control alt delete or quick escape from anything or uh, fast forward to anything and for me it was like the creating and exploring that was the beautiful part of of being in this band it was like okay sitting in the del taco parking lot with dom and talking about it and messing around in the kitchen of our apartment and then starting to play these small shows and they got a little bigger and then we started doing different things. And then we went on our first tour in a terrible van and Mark and I had to repair the van in like four different States. And, you know, the exploring was so incredible because I would have never seen half of this stuff if it wasn't for doing this in the band and um, to do it in an alternative way is also incredible. I mean, yeah, it, it's, but Mark talked about it too is being on the stage for that 45 minutes and getting that energy, the release and the energy back, you can't know what that feels like until you do it. And um, the first Hellfest was for me by far the biggest impact as far as a single show went. The, the energy that was given off uh, and then returned was incredible. Especially on the other side of the country, it was like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. I think we all have that kind of feeling. Hey, like I, same thing when I talk about top five shows or if anyone asks me, it's Hellfest because I think we're so insulated. We're so like, you know, we knew we had fans in Orange County or whatever, but we went across the country and to pe see people from Europe or to see people excited to see us, it was like mind blowing to us. Like, wait, you know us, let alone you want to come out and mosh and yeah. Well, it was also, you know, we were playing with these bands that we idolized, you know, and to see like Turmoil's uh, show was insane or Converge's set was insane. But then if you look at some of the videos from our set, you're like, well, we're kind we were kind of on that level in a weird way, even though we absolutely weren't on that level. It was <laughs> we, magical to, to have that. Yeah. Yeah. We we somehow um, cracked the cheat code. Cause I'm always cool. saying the same thing. I'm like, I'm a hack musician. Like I, we just got, I got some really cool opportunities. Absolutely. What about you mental? You mean play with 25 to life. Seven bucks, dude. We got paid in quarters. 
<laughs> hey, thanks, Rick. Change. Um, what was that? What were was that original question at this point? Oh, just anything posy, buddy. Anything like so, like you know, a memory. Like, what's something you yeah. tell a story about, or or just a memory that you have that's posy? Well, like Tommy brought up, me ripping my pants at Ozfest was great. That was a great story. It actually is really funny now. I don't think it's. That was the last time I didn't wear underwear. Um, I can tell you that ever. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, yeah, I used to just wear Ben Davis on stage as show pants. Underwear in the shower now. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm a never nude. I'm a never nude now. Um, I legit don't remember <laughs> this. What, what happened? Well, so, yeah, so, so no one remembers cause none, yeah, nobody in the band saw it. it was during forever. It was the last, you know, the last week song we'd always close with. And it was like kind of during the end. And I went to like go jump off the monitor. And when I jumped, I went, you know, back towards the stage. So like my ass was towards the crowd. And my pants just split. They were show pants that, you know, we were wearing like every day, right? Not washing them, whatever. They're, so they were just trash. And um, I just felt it right away. Obviously, I didn't have underwear on. But for, but somehow, like nobody saw it. Like nobody in the band. But I remember going back behind the drum risers. Ben's still playing. And I'm just back there. And I remember, yeah, Dave's in the crowd, you know, doing the thing for forever. And everybody's, I don't think anybody realized I was gone. I'm just back there still playing because we're wireless. And Durst, remember Durst, every time I die, merch guy, he's like trying to tape my pants with like duct tape, like while, while still playing. It was just, and then I ended up just getting a towel and like tucking it into my belt and like having it hang down. And then the song ended and I just split to the bus and like you guys got back to the bus. And like, where the hell did you go? And I like told the whole story. But the best part is it was 04. So like nobody had iPhones, right? Like I feel like pretty fortunate that there's, I mean, there's no footage or there's no, at least that I've ever heard, seen no pictures, nothing. Right. Like if that was now, that would have been seen by everyone there. Yeah. I feel like, you know, <laughs> like somebody filming the set or whatever, but that just wasn't happening then, I guess no four, but, and you guys didn't even know. <laughs> it's so funny. That's, That's awesome. too bad. I know. It was, is that, was that your posse memory, Matt? It, what's, what's, uh, there's a lot for sure. Um, my, my, I mean, I really, the first tour I did with you guys in 01, the Mart with Martyr AD, I think all of us, I think, I think everyone probably thought that was a pretty rad tour. Um, Tommy came out like in the middle. I filled in for Tommy for like half of it. And then like he came out and then I stayed on the tour with you guys to Hellfest. And, and that was just cool. Um, that was the year I met Downey because that was like Burn It Down's last show at Hellfest. It was just a cool like way to end it at Hellfest. Um, I think it was Earth Crisis' last show. I mean, that was just a sick tour in 01. And then um, playing Gilman, I don't remember who I filled in for at that point, but it was, I went up either filling in for Tommy or Dave at one point and um, played Gilman. So that was just so rad to be able to do that. Cause that's, you know, obviously legendary on the West coast. Um, and then yeah, Ozfest is, is a pinnacle for sure. I mean, I think that's like still one of my favorite memories, just that whole tour, just cause we, I, it felt so new, like to be with. So, I mean, just the, Obviously, we were friends with a lot of the bands on the second stage, but just being on that tour with like, you know, Slipknot and and just um, at the time, just wow, this is crazy. We're we're doing this. We're on a bus. I mean, that was the first time I, I don't I don't know. You guys may have done a bus before, but I hadn't yet. Um, so it was just crazy. It was just a cool. I mean, that first experience on a bus is amazing. You know, I mean, all that stuff. But yeah, Ozfest for sure was yeah. was definitely a top memory. No doubt, man. Hey, um, before we get out of here, anyone have any closing comments? Any anything you want to say or or spruik? That's plug. I got no plugs. 
No plugs. Mr. Brainman. Mr. Brainman. Mr. Brainman to the band. No comment. Happy Please. Memorial Day. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Hey, I'm going to go make some s'mores. I'm, I'm, thankful, I'm thankful that I was called into the band. I appreciate that. Give me incredible, uh, incredible, you know, world experience. I was ne- I had never toured like that before. So throw on, give me that experience. And I'm, I'm super grateful for it. That's a cool kind of uh, growth thing we got to see too. Just you, you were someone we met on tour and, uh, you know, instantly became friendly and, and then you're just became part of our family immediately. And then, you know, playing shows with you was also like looking back and seeing you smile, you know, like, it was just, yeah, okay, we're good. But it, it was just the cool thing of like meeting you on tour, becoming friends with you and then just evolution or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, the, the reason why we're all talking today is because we got to share some time together in a band and uh, that's super special. Yeah, no Great. doubt. Well, hey, throw down episode number 30. Um, as Tommy said, I love you dudes. I'm so thankful for those time. As Keith said, um, it's really only pausey. Um, time's healed a lot of wounds. And so love you dudes, thankful for you guys. What I might do is just hit stop on the recording and then just stick around for a minute or two. Small talk. Love you boys. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend. We want others to uh, embrace this unscripted life, this uh, life apart from promotion or perfection, but honesty and purity and love. So until we catch up again, let's consider how we may spur each other on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging each other as we see the day approaching. Love you guys. Peace.